It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it changes here, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffers long, is kind. Charity, notice what it does not do, envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never fails. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understand as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each one that is gathered in this service this evening. Help us, Lord, to understand just a small portion of these verses. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Help us tonight. Lord, I believe 100% for sure that you want to fix some things. and You want to help someone tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and I want to thank you and I want to praise you. For all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you are going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here and thank you for standing. We notice in these uh, first couple of verses, we see love's importance. How important it really is. Sometimes we forget that. I forget it. And then I got to this chapter early this morning and began to read through it and began to study. After the funeral service today and the Holy Spirit reminded me just how important love really is. These words in this verse will show you and I how important love really is. I mean, it's a big deal, man. It's not just something that we say, you know. A lot of times we'll say, hey, I love you, speaking to your wife, and you'll say, Hey, you ladies will say, I love you speaking to your 
husbands and we'll tell our kids we love them. We'll tell our grandkids we love them. And then, and then we'll say, man, I love the dog and I love the cat and I love the fish and I, and I love my car. And we don't even understand really what we're saying. But we need to understand that tonight in this service the importance of love. The importance of love. That's the first thing we want to talk about. But uh, it's been on my heart all day today, and I said it during the funeral service, and I want to say it to you folks tonight. God has been dealing with me so strongly, and I want to say this. I almost feel that I can make the statement that I'm fixing to make and then stop the whole service and make an altar call. I believe it's that serious what I'm fixing to say. I believe it is so important that each and every one of us is right with God. We're right with God. Jesus Christ is our Savior, He's our Lord, and we're right with God. I believe that is very important. And the only way to be right with God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe it's so important that we are right with God. But secondly, I believe it is very important that we are right with people. You must be right with God. But we're going to have to be right with people. And if there is someone in your life that you are not right with, you are not, things are not fixed, things are not what they need to be, the, the, the love is, is pushed to the side. There's, there's bitterness, there's strife, there's, there's hatred, there's, there's division, there's, there's, there's shadow, there's, there's something there. Listen, child of God, it's so important that we are right with God through His Son, Jesus. But secondly, it is very important that we are right with people. If there is something wrong between you and the Lord, get it fixed tonight. If there's something wrong between you and someone, get it fixed before you go to sleep tonight. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till next week. Get it fixed now. Just get it fixed now. Amen? You say, well, I don't know what to do. I've tried. I don't know how to fix it. I mean, how do you fix it, preacher? You don't even know what you're talking about. How do you fix it? Well, we pray that the Lord would give us love in our hearts. We pray that the Lord would give us forgiveness in our hearts, that we would forgive others the way that Christ has forgiven us, amen? And that we would say, Lord, if I need to, you show me and I'll call them and I'll tell them I'm sorry. You say, well, I, they don't, I don't need to tell. I don't know why I'm on this so hard. It kindly has something to do with the message, I guess, a little bit. Listen, you say, I'm not the one that needs to say it. They are. You can't wait on them. You cannot wait on them. If you wait on them, you might not never hear it. So it's up to us. It's up to you and I. We go. We say we're sorry. You say, yeah, but it wasn't me. It don't matter. Go, say you're sorry, and mean it. And watch how God will give you the peace in your soul that you need. Because with whatever it is that's messing you up with somebody, or someone, it's not hurting them at all. We need to learn. It's probably not hurting them at all. They probably don't even think nothing about it. But you know who it's hurting? It's hurting us. It's hurting us. Are you with me? 
Amen. So we could go ahead and pray, couldn't we? Couldn't we? Let's just be real. We could go ahead right now and pray, couldn't we? Because there ain't no doubt. There is no doubt. God wanted you to hear that. How important is love? Verse number one. This is how important it is. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Have you ever noticed these next words? I am become. I am become. As sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. The first thing that the Lord dealt with me about, if you take notes, is love's importance, but it deals even with our speech. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men, that's all languages. I've always thought it was amazing to me when someone else could speak a different language. Because I can't even speak good English. I can't even speak in complete sentences. I don't even use proper grammar. But when I hear someone that can speak a different language, I'm just standing there going, I wish I could do that. I even thought one time about ordering this DVD set. That's how long ago it's been. A DVD set on how to learn how to speak Spanish. I thought it would be so cool, if nothing else, just when I went to eat Mexican, if I could just say something. I don't, I don't have anything to say because I'm scared I'd say the wrong word. And then I've had some people that can speak it, says, you talk so country, you know how to say it, but you don't even say it in the right way. You got to put a in it or something. You know what I'm saying, right? Listen to this. <laughs> oh, that didn't even sound good. That. <laughs> Amen. Can you imagine if you could speak every language? All languages. Every single language that has ever been spoken, if you could speak them all. And then it not only says, though I could speak with the tongues of men. And then it goes on and it says, and of angels. Heavenly language. Paul would call it his prayer language. Can you imagine if we could speak all languages? Can you imagine if in your prayer closet you could speak heavenly language? Can you imagine if everything that you and I said it would blow people away if I could get up here and say something in English and say something in Spanish and say something in whatever other language there is. About as far as I can think. But it says this, and have not charity. Don't let the word charity confuse us tonight. That word charity, I looked it up in the Greek and it means, it not only means love, but it means dear love. And it not only means love and dear love, it means affection and it also means benevolence. So in other words, if, if we could impress everyone we was around by our speech, by what we say, and, and have not love, dear love, affection, and benevolence, Notice what it says. He says, I am become. 
That I am become, I don't know if I've noticed that before or not. I am become means it causes you to be. I am become means to become. I am become means to come to pass. So are you ready for this? If I get up every single service, Sunday morning at 8.30, Sunday morning at 11, Sunday night at 5, Wednesday nights at 7, go preach here and go preach there. And though I study myself to the core and I get up and I preach and I, and I scream and I holler and people says, man, you preach that with power. Though all I do, all of that, but yet there is not true love and benevolence and compassion in my soul and in my heart. Those words mean nothing. But it even goes further than that. Not only does those words mean nothing, but I become nothing. Wow. Think about that. There's a lot of people that says a lot of things that thinks they are something. But the word of God says, if there is not compassion and charity and benevolence and love and dear love and affection in our hearts... Every time that I speak without love, I am becoming. It is a process in our lives. It is a daily journey. And the daily journey is not taking us up. The daily journey is taking us down. If I do not have charity, love, compassion, affectionate, and dear love in my heart and in my life, love to who? Love to who, Ben? Love to my heavenly father first and love to my brothers and sisters. If I do not have that, I become. Those are powerful words, Pastor Jason. That means at one time in our lives, us being saved and living for the Lord and trying to be what we need to be, that means at one time God was using us. But if you and I, especially if us that stand on a regular basis and speak or teach Sunday school or sing or you talk to people, whatever you do, if there is not love in our hearts, do you realize that every time we speak without it, it is a process of becoming nothing. Wow. That's powerful. It is a process. That's what the Word of God says. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Remember now the word charity is used all through this chapter. It means affection, benevolence, love, and dear love. If I do not have that, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. What does that mean? It means, if you look it up, it means meaningless. Meaningless. Then my life becomes meaningless. And I studied, and Pastor Zach was the one that mentioned this to me. I studied that sounding brass and that tinkling cymbal. It is a clashing. It is a banging together. But more than a clashing and a banging together, it simply means this. If you look it up, it means from an untrained person. It's just a racket, man. 
Do you understand that? It is just a noise. If you and I talk to people and we speak to people and we don't have love in our hearts, you know what it is? It's a noise. And God laid it on my heart again to do this. Some of you was here several years ago when I did it. And let me tell you, let me tell you what our words mean. Let me show you how it affects our lives. And you and I think we're really doing good, man. Oh, yeah, I told my wife how much I loved her. I told my kids how much I loved them. I told my coworkers all these good things about them. Did you speak with love in your heart or are you just saying it? Because if we're just talking to be talking, it's a racket, man. You with me? It's what it sounds like. Where's Anna? I could use a lesson or two. You ready for this, Anna? Never heard you preacher, have you? This is what that verse means. You like that, didn't you? Stay with me. Get you some of that. Thank you very much. You know what that's called? You know what that's called? That's called an untrained, uneducated, piano player. You know what that's called? That's called a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And if I speak, and I could speak every language, and I could speak a heavenly language, but I don't have love, that's what it sounds like. It's just just a gom. It's just a racket. If you're with me, say Amen. You know what? You know what? You know what these verses are teaching us? It is teaching us the importance of love. Don't, don't miss the meaning of the writings of the scripture. It's, it's teaching us the importance of love. So we see our speech, but nextly, number number two, let's look at spiritually. Verse two. And though I have the gift of prophecy, that's the under that's speaking under the inspiration of God. That's telling of the future, but more than that, that's proclaiming the truth of God's word. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, here's those words again, I am nothing. The Bible is trying to teach you and I the importance of love. Man, it's, it's, it's really important because if, if, if you speak under the inspiration of God, if you have talent, if you have charisma, if you carry yourself well, if you use your words wisely, if you understand all mysteries, anything In the word of God or anything that anyone would tell you, you understand it all. And if you have all knowledge, all knowledge, and if you have all faith so that you, you, I could go to a mountain and speak to that mountain and that mountain would be removed. 
He is showing us the importance of love. If you have all of that, but yet you do not have charity, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Let's don't get caught up in the things that are said here more than let's get caught up in comparing if we had all of that, but we don't have love. How important must love really be? Have you thought about that lately? How important must love really be? If we have all of this, but yet we don't have love, he is showing us the importance of love. And then in verse number three, we see our speech. We see the spiritual side of it. But then we see the service side of it. Look at verse three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. He says, I am nothing, I am nothing. Now he's saying, it profits me nothing. Hmm. To bestow means to supply, to nourish, to feed all my goods. That means all of my possessions and all of my property. You know what? What a blessing would it be if someone sold everything they had. I mean everything you had. Give every penny of it to feed the poor. But you do not have charity. You do not have love. I'm going to say it again. It's trying to get us to see the importance of love. If you sell everything and you give it all to feed the poor, but yet you do not have love, it profits you and I nothing. Give everything away. It will profit nothing. And you give your body to be burned. You become a martyr for the cause of Christ. I got a book in the mail. It was called the Book of Martyrs. Pastor Jason reads a story every so often out of the Book of Martyrs. Hey, listen, if your name is even one day written in the Book of Martyrs, someone who has given their life for Jesus Christ's sake, what a big deal that is. It's huge. He's comparing all of that and saying, if you don't have love, if you don't have charity... None of that's going to profit you at all. Is there anyone here tonight that maybe we get caught up in the wording here of, of, of selling and we get caught up in the wording here of, of giving your body to be burned and we give up, we get caught up in the wording here of, of, of being able to speak another language. But the, the underlying factor of verses 1, 2, and 3 is this. Do you see? I'm asking you. Do you see how important it is to love? It's more important than everything that we have just read so far in this chapter. To love people. To love. We see love's importance. Though we speak, though we are spiritual, though we serve... But the second thing the Lord dealt with me about, and I'm not going to be much longer. I probably should have stopped after I said right what I said at the beginning of the service and just all of us come and prayed and asked the Lord to help us to be what we need to be for Him and to, and to be right with people. But love in our living. Love in our living. Verses 4 through 7. 
It gives a whole list of things here. Charity suffering long is kind. Charity envies not. Charity following not itself is not puffed up. I'm just going to give you a quick definition of these and then we'll probably be finished. Loving our living. It says it suffers long. It means patient with. Patient with. And when we study the thoughts of suffering long, that patient with is always going to fall under the umbrella of being patient with people. Patient with people. Suffers long. It's kind. Love is kind. Brother Grayson, I couldn't help it. Today when I was studying, you can come up here and look at my notes. I put parentheses. You know what I put inside those parentheses? I'm going to give you one guess. I put a name. I put your father's. Love is kind. Why can't we just be nice to each other? Amen? Amen? I don't know if you notice this or not, but we are living in a world that is thriving on division. We're living in a world that is thriving on separating people. Whether it be politics, whether it be skin color, whether it be where you live, this world is thriving on causing divisions. That ain't love. It had nothing to do with love. It has something to do with personal and private agendas. Yeah. That ain't love, man. It ain't love. And you know what? Listen to me, child of God. If you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, we'll get caught up in the way the world does things. Yeah, right. We can't get caught up in the way the world's doing things. We got to get consumed by what the Word of God says and how we should do things. Right. If you're with me, say amen. Because it's the truth. We got all of this, but we have not love. We see, we see the importance of love, but we see love as we live. Suffers long, patient with people, kind, reaching out to people. That's what it means. Hmm. We also see what love don't. It does not envy. That means jealous. It is not boastful. It is not prideful or arrogant. It's not unseemly. That means rude. Love does not seek her own. Love is not selfish. I have never seen a time where so many people are so selfish. So selfish. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. Listen, if you've got love in your heart, love is about serving. Man, we live in the most selfish world that's ever been. I can't believe they didn't do that for me. I can't believe you didn't say that to me. I can't believe. Hey, listen, listen, this will help us all. It's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about Christ and his kingdom. That's what it's about. We live in the most selfish, selfish time I believe that it's ever been. And he said, he, said, he said, love is not that. It's not what it is. It's not. It's not prideful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It don't seek its own. It's not selfish. It seeks to serve. It's not easily provoked, angered, and quick-tempered, and real touchy. When's the last time you've been around somebody, they're so touchy about everything, and just fly off the handle? Something's wrong. 
You hear me? Something's wrong. Now, every now and then, we all get a little hot. Every now and then, we all get a little upset. But there ain't no need to be so touchy. So touchy over everything. Listen, I know you ordered that Whopper with no onions. It's going to be okay. You don't have to go back through and throw the Whopper against the wind and cuss the manager out. Amen? They got them over at McDonald's, too, and Arby's. You say, preacher, you're, you're so goofy. No, we're goofy. Because that's the way we live, amen? It's about us, what we want. If it ain't exactly what we want, son, I'm going to tell you about it. You just keep telling it. Because you are not <laughs> what you need to be. It's not easily provoked, angered, quick-tempered, touchy. Don't think evil, but it thinks respectful. It don't rejoice in iniquity. You know, love don't rejoice when someone else messes up. Did you know that? If you love somebody, listen, let me go ahead and tell you this. If you really love someone and they mess up, boy, you don't jump up and laugh about it. You ever notice that? I'm talking about somebody you really love. Let it be, let it be, let it be one of your kids. Let it be somebody in your family. Let it be someone that you're really close to and you watch them trip and fall and stumble. You don't call everybody and laugh about it. It breaks you the same way it's breaking them. That's what love does. Love don't rejoice in somebody's evil. Love don't rejoice when someone messes up. That's not love. It don't think evil. It don't rejoice in iniquity. Love to all things, thoroughly, the whole. No pleasure. He says right here, he says, he says, he said, I, I don't rejoice in iniquity. He said, but I rejoice in the truth. He says, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. If you study those words, bears, it means it has no pleasure in exposing others. They some of y'all, they some of you all, they some of us. If we couldn't talk about what somebody else was doing wrong, we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. Maybe I should have preached this message tonight because I can tell it's getting quiet in here. Listen, you, you, don't, you don't expose someone if they mess up. Not if you love them. You say, oh no, I'm just trying to be biblical. No, no, you're just trying to hurt. That's what you're doing. You're trying to hurt someone. You're not trying to love someone. You study this verse, you study this chapter right here, you'll find out that if you love someone, you don't jump up and say, hey, did you hear what Zach did? You don't do that. Not if you love them. Me and Miss Watkins, I love her more than I love anybody that I can imagine besides Jesus. She does something, and I know some of you don't believe this, but every now and then she can be a little... Hateful at times or a little aggravated at times. I know that's hard for y'all to believe, but sometimes it happens. Amen? 
I'm not going to get on the prayer chain and say, hey, everybody, just want to let you know, Miss Tina, she's kicked a little sideways today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, I'd do it if I knew it about Keela. I'd tell them about Keela. But I don't love Keela the way I love my wife. So I don't care to run her down. That's the way we do it, right? If you got that love for people the way you need to have it, you'll treat everyone the same way you would treat her. And don't act like you love people if you don't treat everybody that same way. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's the truth. (laughs) Oh, that's just what love is. It bears. it's, It's no pleasure in exposing others. It rejoices in the truth. It believes. It believes the best. It hopes. It never stops hoping. And it expects the good. It endures. It fights against attacks. Love. Love never fails. Love never ceases. Love never vanishes. And love lasts forever. You ever heard somebody say, I fell out of love? The Bible says love lasts forever. Love will last. You hear me? Love never fails. Do we need to look up in the Greek to see what never means? Love never fails. And one day when we see the Lord, one day when we see things clearly, when we're not looking through this glass dimly or darkly, but one day when we see things the way they really are, we talk about light, but we've never truly seen light. We talk about love, but we've never truly experienced love. We talk about peace and we preach about peace, but we've never really experienced total peace. We talk about rest. We preach about rest. Boy, can you imagine that day of rest? Can you imagine, Miss Sandy, one day when you see that which is perfect, can you imagine one day no more battles in your mind, no more worries, And no more devil. We don't even know what that's going to be like. But one day, one day, we will. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) We never seen light until then. You know, we've never really known the truth like we need to know it, but one day we will. Brother Jackson, one day you'll know the truth like you've never known the truth before. Amen? We don't even know about perfection, but one day we will. We don't even have knowledge like we could have, but one day we will. (laughs) There's not a one of us understands what eternity means yet. We don't understand eternity. How do do you explain eternity? I had an old guy one time, he was witnessing to me and he was talking to me about the Lord and he was talking about eternity. And he said something to me. And when he walked off, I said, I still don't get it. And this is what he said to me. I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy before, but I'll share this and we'll pray. He said, if you take a solid steel ball, solid steel ball, the size of the world, 
And then you take eagles with their talons. And they try to land on that solid steel ball. And they scratch and scratch and scratch and scratch trying to get a hold on that solid steel ball the size of the world. Said when that solid steel ball from them eagle talons is wore down to the size of a marble, eternity will not even begun yet. He said that to me. And I was like, a steel ball the size of the world, eagles scratching, marble. I was like, I don't get it. How do you explain eternity? How do you tell someone, look, we're going to live for eternity? How do you explain that to someone? But one day, sister, guess what? We'll be in it. We will truly be in it. You're going to have to help me with that one because I can't explain eternity. All right. That's all I got. So here's the question. Are you right with God? Are you right with people? Do you have love for Jesus? Do you have love for people? Are we lacking in love? I'm going to go ahead and answer the question for every one of us. Are we lacking in love? On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Yes. If you said no, 